This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Welcome to the Sleeper Hold Podcast, where there is no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. I am your host, Priest, and we are now in 2016. This year is already looking promising for the wrestling world, and if you ask me, it's only going to keep getting better, people. But I'm not one for spoilers. So instead, why don't we just recap since our last time talking, eh? So, the WWE now has Roman Reigns as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, even after the screwjob attempts by not only Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, but the big boss, Vince McMahon himself. I know I said before that they were setting Roman up for the Cinderella story like they did Daniel Bryan, and I am happy to see that I was wrong, and they gave him a the title after making him snap and the fans were loving this new side of Roman he basically became instant fan favorite for even people who didn't like him because he just lost his all good side and went right after the big guys the bosses so it was nice to see the fans now backing him up like they feel like they should have done for a while and he's showing a clear defiance against all forms of authority even Vincent McMahon himself which, again, I know that's always been a big thing for fan favorites. I mean, Cena did it for a while, he got over. CM Punk did it for a while, he got over. And who could not deny the fact that when Stone Cold Steve Austin did it, he got over. So, I mean, it's definitely a trend that will definitely get you over. But the way they're doing it with Roman fits Roman perfectly, and I'm glad to see them get him over like that. And I'm glad to see him actually having the belt, like I feel he deserves to have. And speaking of Vince, I'm not sure how I feel about them bringing him back into the mix. I mean, they had the authority, but when it was getting old for a bit, it kind of rebounded and became good again after Roman snapped, and it looked like things could get interesting with the authority again. And then, of course, Triple H is now down and out, and now we have the person that everyone loves to hate instead, Vince McMahon. I feel like both directions are a good one, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if having both around will be a good idea. Seems like it might be a bit too much. So the real question I have is, when and if Triple H returns, will Vince stay around, or will it be back to what we had before, which is Triple H and Stephanie? Also, we have Dean Ambrose, who now holds the IC title, and has a feud going on with Kevin Owens. There's nothing to jump up and down about with that. I mean, I kind of figured they're going to have a few there. But, I mean, it's great that Dean Ambrose has the title. I like that. But why aren't they making the Lunatic Fringe be highlighted more? I mean, let the nut have some camera time with the belt. And what I mean is like when he stole the heavyweight title from Seth Rollins. I mean, you all remember that. It was so entertaining. He was going around town and taking pictures with the belt, with the public, and just having a good time. And 
seeming very unhinged and like he's against the rules getting under everybody's skin and i loved it because it just showed a whole different side of what a champion could be and it worked for the lunatic french that was entertaining and that's what made great material and let's not forget that now Kalisto is the United States champion. I honestly have mixed feelings on this, but I assure you they're all good ones. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am glad that Kalisto got the push he deserves, but it kind of makes me wonder two things. One, was Lucha Dragons as a whole going to get a push they deserved before Sin Cara ended up getting injured? And I, fir- I firmly believe that Alberto Del Rio was just a placeholder for John Cena while Cena was off working on a movie. Does this mean that Cena was set up to get the title first before he also ended up getting injured, so it went to Kalisto instead? Again, don't get me wrong. I am not complaining at all. Kalisto more than deserves to have a belt around his waist. But I feel that it seems too odd how things fell into place. Also, we have a Royal Rumble coming up soon, and we will definitely have another panel to discuss our thoughts and predictions for that pay-per-view as well. Now then, let's get ready to lock up on our first topic of the new year. With Royal Rumble around the corner, this means two things to all wrestling fans. The road to WrestleMania is about to begin... And so is the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. And that is going to be our highlight to kick off the new year. As we discuss the WWE Hall of Fame. The WWE Hall of Fame wasn't always held in conjunction with the grandest event of wrestling, WrestleMania. In fact, when it started on March 22nd of 1993, it was during an episode of Monday Night Raw where Andre the Giant was announced to be the sole inductee for the first year of the Hall of Fame. During 1994 and 1995, the ceremonies were held alongside the annual King of the Ring pay-per-view. In 1996, it was held with Survivor Series, which was also the first time it was held in front of a paying audience along with the wrestlers. After that, the Hall of Fame seemed to disappear. It wasn't until 2004 when the Hall of Fame would return and be placed in its permanent slot alongside WrestleMania. In 2005, the ceremony was also officially broadcasted on television for the fans at home to watch off of Spike TV, and then it went towards the USA Network for the following years. There is currently no official building for the WWE Hall of Fame, yet the company has been considering to create such a building. In 2008, Shane McMahon, who at that time was the executive vice president of global media of the WWE, He had made a statement about this, saying that the WWE had been storing wrestling memorabilia in a warehouse for years with all the time of the items being dated and categorized, having them all organized, and, you know, was very hopeful for there to be a facility to be built for these items to be able to call home. Now, so far in 
the WWE Hall of Fame as of 2015. So I'm not counting any inductees in 2016 just yet. It hasn't came yet. But we have 129 inductees, which includes 95 wrestlers who were inducted individually. Nine groups that consist of 25 wrestlers within those groups, eight celebrities, and one incredible fan. Through this series, we will go through the years and touch a little on each superstar inducted, some of the greatness they have achieved, and also some thoughts on not only the certain inductees, but we'll get to who I feel is well-deserving of being inducted, but hasn't had their name yet listed in the Hall of Fame. Mind you, when we get to the ones I feel that are deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, I'm not going to mention anyone who is currently wrestling, so don't expect me to name drop like The Undertaker. He has not officially retired as of yet. There has been no announcement of it, so... Yeah, I feel like he eventually does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not going to say that in my whole future predictions because he has not retired yet. Hey, everybody, if you're liking this show and you want to hear more podcasts that are from the 217 area, I have one good suggestion for you right here. Rack your brain on this. It's called the Neat Right Network, and it's home to about 15 amazing different podcasts we're talking different topics like video games music advice women's issues tv films comic books i mean the list goes on these guys have such an awesome collage of different podcasts to check out and you can find it all simply in one little location just go to neatright.com now let me try to spell this out for you it's n-e-a-t R-Y-T-E dot com. Check them out. These guys are awesome. They've got a lot of great material. And it's one of those things that if you just want to pass the time with something different and unique, go through their stuff. You'll never know what you'll find. And I'll tell you, it's always going to be a blast. Again, that's Neat Right Network. Check them out and have a good time. And before we get to the inductees, let me go ahead and get on my soapbox real quick about a few of the things that we're talking about here just because I know it's going to come up again and I don't want to sound like a broken record even though I know knowing me I am going to say at least a little comment here and there when we get to these topics the hall of fame to me should be focused on the wrestlers I really don't like the idea that we have a celebrity wing personally yeah were there celebrities who participated in different matches sure we had Mr. T during a WrestleMania. We had, you know, um, various talk show hosts, and we've had so many other different celebrities. Even Dennis Rodman participated in wrestling events. But do I feel like there should be a celebrity wing for them? No. Yes, they were guests. Yes, they did a match. But they did not go through the rigorous training of being a wrestler. They did not earn their stripes like the hardworking men and women of the wrestling world. So they don't need to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Also, let's talk about the groups real quick. I don't mind when the groups, if you will, are tag teams. That makes sense. Even if it's a tag team of three, that's fine. 
But let's talk about the fact of stables. That gets under my skin. The main thing, the best example I can give for this is the Four Horsemen. Okay, I understand the legends of the Four Horsemen. I understand how they paved the way and how they are deserving of having the Hall of Fame being, you know, all there. But what gets under my skin is you're going to give one stable, like the Four Horsemen, a lot of credit. You need to start paying attention to the others, especially the ones that were steady and constant. That's the thing about the Four Horsemen that many people don't realize. It may have started off with the four who did get the rings, but it has changed members so many times. I think the only real constant ever in the Four Horsemen was Ric Flair. The others, they changed throughout the years. They were always switching back and forth. I believe there was even one time when Arn Anderson wasn't officially a horseman. He was more of just the bodyguard or something like that. I don't know. I have to not to make sure I do my notes on that, but I believe that was how it was. But I know that Flair was the only real constant. He was pretty much the head of the four horsemen at all times. But I mean, if you're going to do this, like I said, be ready to induct other stables who deserve it. Who am I talking about? I'll give you three right now. You're talking about the NWO. Yeah, they kind of weren't as consistent. I get it. But they changed the way of history. But if you're going to talk about the NWO, we got to induct Degeneration X. But let's go even further back. The Hart Foundation. They did a lot for the wrestling world. See, this is where it gets messy. This is why the groups category, unless you're talking about tag teams... I feel needs to not happen. If it's tag teams like the Bushwhackers or Legion of Doom, that's one thing. You get to the stable of individuals who aren't really a tag team, but they're just a group of people who hang together and work together. Then it's kind of where it's too messy for me. So let me now step off my soapbox. I kind of talked about the celebrities. I kind of talked about the groups. And let's get to some serious stuff here. Do apologize for the rant there, but we're going to be okay. We're going to kick this whole thing off with the first three years of the Hall of Fame. Now, as we mentioned before, the first inductee to the Hall of Fame was Andre the Giant. If you have never seen anything about Andre, then in my book, you cannot call yourself a true wrestling fan. Go look him up on YouTube and the WWE Network. This man was in various films, including one of my favorites, The Princess Bride. And again, though, if you really want to see how good-humored and loving this guy is and how genuine he really is, look him up on YouTube just by his name and watch any of the late-night interviews he had with different talk show hosts. Andre was essentially a kind, gentle soul, unless you got on his bad side. That's when the ferocious giant would awaken. He was once the WWF World Heavyweight Champion and a WWF World Tag Team Champion. And what's famous for him is his feuds with Hulk Hogan, including during WrestleMania three where Hogan scoop-slammed the Giant and shocked the world. The second annual Hall of Fame was held in 1994 with seven inductees. These included names like 
Arnold Scotland, who was once a WWF United States Tag Team Champion and also was famous for managing Bruno San Martino and Bob Backlund. Another inductee was Bobo Brazil, who held the WWF United States Championship seven times and the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship once. Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, a once NWA World Heavyweight Champion and a WWF World Heavyweight Champion, was also inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1994. Four-time WWF and WWF World Tag Team Champion Chief J. Strongbow was also inducted at this time. Another inductee that I remember seeing videos of was Classy Freddie Balassi. This man not only held the NWA Regional Championship over 30 times, he was also a well-known manager in the WWF. He managed such talent as Jesse the Body Ventura, the Iron Sheik, Killer Khan, Kamala, and even Hulk Hogan. But wait, there's still more. Gorilla Monsoon, WWF United States Tag Team Champion, WWF announcer, and on-screen president, was also inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1994. He's another one that is fun to watch old videos of. The last man to be inducted made history by being the first African American to run a major arena within the United States. And that man is James Dudley. In 1995, seven more individuals were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Among those seven was a man who was once the WWF International Heavyweight Champion and pioneered the acrobatic style of wrestling, Antonio Roca, or Roca. Not really too sure how to pronounce it, but I believe it's going to be pronounced Antonio Roca. Another man to be inducted was once a professional American football player and also held several NWA regional titles. His name was Big Cat, Ernie Ladd. For those of us who remember the classics, this man, who is one of the first monster heels who we all will remember well, goes by the animal. I am talking about George the Animal Steel. He was also inducted in 1995. And for those of us who remember watching videos and footage of this guy, this man was famous for going over and chewing up and destroying a turnbuckle pad. I'm not talking about ripping it up with his mouth, I mean, his hands. It was with his mouth. It was like a real animal just going all at it. It was really kind of wild because back then you didn't expect something like that. And he was very much your monster heel. Also inducted was once WWF tag team champion Ivan Putsky and longtime manager for the heels, the Grand Wizard. In 1995, we had the first woman to be inducted into the WWE or WWF Hall of Fame. Four-time WWF Women's Champion, the Fabulous Moolah, who also is reported by the WWE as having the longest title reign of any athlete. 
And the last inductee was once the WWWF World Heavyweight Champion for almost three years straight. He was also the first WWF Triple Crown Champion, meaning he held the World Heavyweight Championship, the World Tag Team Championship, and Intercontinental Championship. Doesn't mean he held them all at the same time, but he actually was able to get all three titles at one time during his career. His tag team title reign was with Bob Backlund. If you've ever met Bob Backlund, like I have, I met him personally. He's a great guy, but man, he definitely can put those submission holds on you, and it is awesome. But what, back to the guy that we're about to talk about here, what made him so special for the Hall of Fame is that he was the first Latino to win the World Heavyweight Championship. That man is Pedro Morales. So again, another person, just like James Dudley, who paved the way and made history well-deserved into the Hall of Fame. So there are your first three years of the Hall of Fame for the WWF or WWE, however you want to call it. So if you don't recognize these names as much, don't worry, just Go check him out on YouTube or the WWE Network somewhere so you can definitely check them out because they were great. They absolutely were great during the years. They helped pave the way. And don't worry because we're going to dive into the later years and I'm sure that some of those names will ring a bell. But in all seriousness here, guys, if you don't know Andre the Giant, you need to watch some of the footage. No joke. Next show... We will touch up on the class of 1996 and 2004. Until then, stay safe. And as always, thanks for listening, kiddos. This is Priest. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com to comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.